0: The official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by former Jet and now ESPN analyst, of course, Damian Woody. D. Wood, so great to see you. Thanks for being here.
1: No, man, this is is great, man. It's my first time in the setup. This This is great. This is tremendous. What are your
0: thoughts driving into the complex? A guy who used to play here, of course. You play with the Lions and the Patriots as well. But on the eve of training camp, what goes through your mind?
1: Well, you always you, – you you, like – you smell the grass. Like the grass is being cut, all those type of things. That's when you know training camp is, is officially in the air. And I was, as I was driving in, I was looking at the setup. I'm like, my God, they – they're expecting a little bit more, a little bit more people here this time around, and I think I know why. That guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers is uh, is going to draw a pretty hefty crowd. Uh,
0: I think so as yeah. well. It, this thing, this place, is going to be full to capacity each and every practice. When the Rodgers thing became a realization that this really could happen, what was going through your head in terms of? Rodgers coming here and what this team's potential was.
1: You know, it kind of harkened you back to my time with the Jets when when Brett Favre got traded. You know, we were in the preseason as you probably remember on the road in Cleveland. That's right. And then you know, you just you kept hearing these whispers like, you know, we made a move, we made a move and then next thing you know Favre walks into the, you know, to the conference room in in the hotel and w- when you make moves like that, it brings a whole different energy, a whole different vibe to your team. Because here it is, you know, I'm pretty sure these guys, you know, on the roster now looking like, man, we got a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, man in the quarterback position. And 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 what it does is when you start, you know, playing these games, you feel like you're in every you can go toe-to-toe with anyone. That's not the case a lot of, with, with a lot of teams. But when you have a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, it's just – it it breathes life into your whole team. And, uh, that you know, that's why I'm excited to see this whole process continue to roll out. Taking it in from afar, do
0: you like what you've heard from Rodgers? To this point, after getting acquired in April and just his comments and him being out here in the spring and, and now he's going to be here for his first training camp in Green and White.
1: Yeah, I have. I, I've been very impressed because one of the questions that I had was when it when it when the trade went down was is Aaron Rodgers gonna be all in. And what I mean by that is he's gonna be here in the offseason program. Is he gonna be here getting those critical reps with a guy young guy like Garrett Wilson and obviously Alan Lazard, his former teammate in Green Bay. Because, you know, Eric, as you know, championships are won in the offseason. Not during season, but actually won in the offseason with those critical reps in OTAs, minicamp and and so on and so forth. And to see Aaron Rodgers here, not only here, but here, like the whole offseason. It's just it's critical getting, you know, familiarity with, you know, all the different players. And obviously, you know, we saw like him going out in New York City and spending time with his teammates. That's what it's all about. That's how you build trust with with one another.
0: From a timing perspective, how huge was it for the organization that this happened in April? Because you have that reference point afar of Favre coming here in the Middle of the preseason in August, a preseason game, and then the second point to that is he's coming into a system that he has ownership of. We saw him excel with Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, where the difference was with you guys and Favre and Brian Schottenheimer is those had had to come together in just a couple weeks before the regular season.
1: Yeah, it's night and day from from those uh, perspective. One. You know, obviously Brett came in in August as opposed to Aaron coming in, you know, at the beginning of the offseason program. Uh, number two, uh, you know, Brian Schottenheimer's, you know, his offensive philosophy, play calling, it was totally different from what Brett Favre were used to in Green Bay. Uh, they ran, you know, in Green Bay, they ran a version of the West Coast. We didn't run the West Coast offense with, with, with Brian Schottenheimer. So we had to basically uh, learn things on the fly. By the seat of our pants at, at that particular time. That's not the case here. You got Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously we know about the relationship with Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, their time in Green Bay. And obviously uh Aaron Rodgers went in back to back MVPs with with you know coach you know coach hackett as, as his quarterback coach. So um there's just a lot of trust. You don't have there's not a lot of um the learning curve really isn't there because he's already he already knows this offense like the back of his hand, and the offense is tailored towards him. And so that's where I think the the comparisons are so night and day, and I think the Jets are so far ahead of the curve from that aspect. What were the early
0: sessions like for you guys when Favre was out there on the practice field in Long Island? Remember Nick Mangold saying after one of the sessions how nervous he was – hiking the football to Favre, but there was so much energy and electricity as far as the people lined up at Weeb, U-Bank Hall.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you're almost like a fan. Yeah? You know, it, you know, like I was in the latter part of my career, and I'm still, you know, in practices looking like, man, that's Brett Favre. I, you know, I used to watch Brett Favre, like, tear it up, like when I was in high school and college, and here he is as my quarterback. And I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys on on this roster are looking at Aaron Rodgers in the same vein, thinking, "Wait a minute, man! I've been, I've watched Aaron Rodgers just destroy this league, you know, for what 18 plus years, and now he's my quarterback." And so I think once you get past the awe of having a first ballot Hall of Famer, you just know you just know going into this situation that we got a chance. We got we got a legitimate chance along with everyone else out there. How is he
0: going to raise the standard here?
1: Well, I think, you know, the one thing, when you're the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, you know, what guys tend to do is they watch your every step. Mm-hmm. They, watch how you, they watch how you watch film. They watch how you practice. They watch how you train, you know, how you lift weights, how you, you know, do your recovery. And so all those guys are looking at him, and they're thinking, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is doing all of this, then I need to be doing all of this. And so it just raises the stakes for everyone. Because if you're blessed if your best players are all in, all in and all bought in, then there's no excuse for the other 52 guys on the roster not to be, have the same, not to have the same mindset as Aaron Rodgers.
0: He talks about intentionality as far as every step, every rep out there on the practice field and in the meeting room. And the guys to a man have said, he quizzes us and says, Hey, what are they doing here? What are you seeing? And also he wants to talk about adjustments because there are things within the system that the Jets are gonna tell her to obviously what Rogers wants
1: to do. Yeah, that's all a part of the process, right? Like you know, the process you can't get can't get to the end without going through the journey, without going through the process. And along the way, you gotta have you got to put people in uncomfortable positions. I always say that you can't grow if you're not uncomfortable. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is probably doing or was doing in OTAs was just, hey, you know, what do you have here? What's your assignment? If I do this, what? if the defense presents this, what are we doing? You know, putting guys in uncomfortable positions so when you actually get to the games and and, you know, the situations that count, they just come become second nature to you. That's what you that's what all of this is for. You want to build go along in the process where when it's when it's when it's time, when everything's on line, you're not thinking, you're just doing.
0: What do you think he is now at 39? He's going to be 40 in December. Everybody points to last year when he threw for more than 3600 yards, completed <laughs> 65% of his passes, 24 <laughs> touchdowns and 12 interceptions. People are saying he had a down year. I mean, they're comparing that to 2020 and 2021, and your former teammate, Bart Scott, often reminds me that, hey, listen, the NFL, the past three seasons, he's been MVP
1: in two of those. And then I just mentioned the stats last year. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. A lot of a lot of quarterbacks in this league would take his, quote-unquote, off year right. uh, from last year. And a but, multitude of injuries, yeah, too, right? Yeah, listen, you, you know, you factor in – you know, the, the whole, the broken thumb, the fact of working with a, a young, inexperienced receiving core out there in Green Bay, these type of things can happen. But I don't see much drop-off in Aaron Rodgers at all. I thought, I thought last season was an aberration as far as what he's done in his career. And I think you have a guy that's clearly motivated, that's clearly hungry, coming into a situation. Obviously, he's very familiar with his play caller. Um, got some great, great pieces around him. I think that's a recipe for doing something exciting in 2023. We talked about Favre before. Do you see
0: similarities as far as the path Rodgers is taking, not to just Brett, but maybe another former teammate of yours, Tom Brady, he goes to Tampa. But again, the differences there is talented roster, and they had all the pieces built up there, but, he goes in and it's him and Bruce Arians and they had to kind of figure it out, even mm-hmm. though Brady put up huge numbers in year one and they ultimately win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Again, for me, like I look at this Aaron Rodgers situation and it might be the easiest path per se because there's no adjustment from the from the offensive scheme. Again, his play caller that he spent a lot of years with is his play caller here in New York. They're running the same system that he ran in Green Bay all those years where he won, you know, league MVP. So unlike Brett Favre where we had to, you know, change things and kind of get him up to speed, unlike Tom Brady who had to adjust to Bruce Arians and his system because it was different from New England, that's not the case here with Aaron Rodgers. It's it's a much smoother transition. Now it's just all about just getting reps with a lot of these young talented uh, receivers out here.
0: Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. Winbet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The Winbet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's sportsbook or casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least one hundred dollars on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every one hundred dollars you wager. Damian Robert Sala said after the 2022 season that we have to finish. In fact, he put the T-shirts in each of the guys' locker as they left for the 2023 off-season. With that being said, after you acquire. Rodgers, what do you think his message is going to be to his team here at the start of training camp and what should it be because expectations have changed last year the jets were one of the early surprises in the national football league right they started seven and four right on the cusp of the playoffs unfortunately they didn't finish but if you're salah and you know that national light is on you in so many ways right now, and the expectations externally have been built up. What do you say to these guys?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, one, a coach told me each year each team is different. Year that you can't count on what you did last year to you know to this year. That's number one. Number two, uh, what, what what I would say is prepare to be the hunted. And I know people will say, "Well, how can you be hunt the hunted when you were seven and ten last year?" I'm part of the national media. Yep. (laughs) And all we've talked about all offseason has been Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Don't think that other teams haven't been aware of where the Jets are as far as the national talking points, where people think the Jets are going to, you know, could be, you know, in the latter part of the season. Teams are going to bring their A game every single week. Are we going to be up for the task? That's got to be you know, Coach Salah's talking point. Are we gonna be up for the task? But before we get there, there's a process that has to be laid and met before we get to that point. Is it hard for
0: guys to stay in the moment when they look up or they go on their social media accounts and everybody is always going to be talking about the Jets here in July, one of the first two teams to report for training camp along with the Browns. But beyond that, everybody's gonna be watching Rodgers every move. Uh, One Jets drive, the Jets in-house. Documentary team. Unbelievable job. 19 Emmy nominations. They're going to be telling the story, the Jets story on Monday nights. And then Hard Knox will be telling the
1: Jets story on Tuesday nights. Well, A famous football coach by the name of Nick Saban used to say, it's nothing but rat poison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, talking about the media. It's nothing but rat poison. But, but, you know, he's right in, in that manner and if you're a player, and you're caught up in, in in all of that that comes with you know the you know Aaron Rodgers and, and the national media, all the attention it can consume you, and you forget about you know the steps that that are that are needed in order for you to get to where you want to go. And so I think it's just you know it's imperative for not only Coach Sala, but I would say more importantly the locker room. Every great team that I've ever been on. The locker room police itself. The locker room took care of all of that. It wasn't the coaches. It was really the locker room. So that's where, you know, I think it's going to be important for the the veteran leadership in the locker room to really set the tempo, set the tone, to let these guys know, like, hey, although we got a lot of cameras and a lot of things going on, but we got to stay in the moment right here. We got to keep our feet where where they're planted right now.
0: And I think they're going to be hearing that message not only from Salah, but – of course, Rogers, C.J. Mosley as mm-hmm. well. In terms of the young guys, who are you looking at as far mm-hmm. as not just, hey, these guys are great players like a Sauce Gardner or Garrett Wilson, but who do you want stepping up maybe in the leadership category?
1: Oh, man, like there's a lot of guys. And Quentin, well, Quentin w- Wh- Williams. Uh, we're going to get to Quentin Qu- Williams. Quentin Williams, he's, you know. And he wants to. I, and, I, he's I, shown and he's showing it. He should. He should. He's. You know, it seemed like every year he's he's gotten better and better. And then last year, boy, was he was just he was just a, a tremendous force in the middle. And I think he's ready for that ascension. I think he's ready for that moment where he's you know one of the guys that you know his peers are looking up to because he's earned that status. Uh, in my in my opinion, I mean, to me, there's there's a lot of guys. DJ Reed, I have so much respect for DJ Reed. Um, I obviously you know a lot of people. Talk about Sauce Gardner, and rightfully so. But DJ Reed has just been a tremendous player ever since he signed here. You know, as as a free agent, he he comes to work, he does things the right way, and I think for a lot of guys who are you know trying to look at how they want to model their career, look at a guy like DJ Reed. You can learn a lot from him.
0: I like that you mentioned DJ Reed. He took a long route and winding route to the national football league, starting out at the juco level. Yep. And then of course drafted by San Francisco in the later rounds, he makes the breakthrough from Seattle and comes here. He did play in a super bowl game with the 49ers. And he remembers that feeling of leaving the field and not being a champion. Uh, you mentioned Quinn Williams. How big was it for Joe Douglas to re-sign him? And what kind of message does that send to the locker room that this was taken care of before of camp? So there's no distraction there. We talk about distractions. Hey, Quentin Williams, 25 years old. We know he's going to be here for at least four more years. And he continues to be an emerging talent with 12 sacks last season.
1: Well, I believe Quentin Williams is the first first-rounder since Muhammad Wilkinson to get, to, to earn, to get that second contract. Yes, that's right. That is a big deal. It's a big deal. It sends a message. Um, to all the young guys in the locker room, said, "Listen, if you go, if you do things the right way, you go out here, you play at, play at a high level, you will be rewarded. Because to me, any any good team that that's sustainable for the long period of time, it has to be founded on homegrown talent. You got to be able to draft, develop, and get those guys playing at a high level. We're starting to see that now here in this in this Jets organization." you know, under the tutelage of, obviously, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. So, I think he's the first of many. I think he's the first of many. But Quentin Quentin has set the tone for a lot of these young guys, and they can look at him like, okay, the organization rewarded him. Let me go out here and do the same.
0: What do you think is sealing us?
1: Oh, I I think Quentin could be a defensive player of the year, guy. I really do. I mean, I still think he's nowhere near where he could be. I mean, he's such a disruptive force, and – you know, we've seen it this whole offseason. All these defensive tackles have kind of been leapfrogging each other, but Quentin is just he, – he he's such a unique guy, and, you know, he can stop – he can kill the run game, and he's a tremendous pass rusher in, in, in the middle of the pocket. Those guys are rare. They are very rare, and, again, I'll say, I think he can be a defensive year type of guy.
0: Defensively, you saw a dramatic jump last season. Now, what does his team – what does this unit have to do to go from – a good unit to an elite unit because they got big time talents. And you mentioned DJ Reed, we talked about Sauce Gardner, you got CJ Mosley in the middle, you got Quentin Williams up a level. And then I think it's an embarrassment of riches as a defensive end position.
1: Yeah, and, and to me, you know, you know, I'm excited to see a guy like Carl Lawson, you know, guy that, you know, obviously, you know, dealing with kind of the, the Achilles and the residuals of that, even last year, to finally see, you know, see him talk about being healthy, completely healthy, the best he's felt in years. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Obviously, it's gonna be a big year for him. And some of these younger guys on the defensive line. I mean, you're talking Jermaine Johnson in the second year. A lot of these young guys going from year one, year two, they tend to have that's when you tend to have the biggest leaps in your career. So a guy like Jermaine Johnson, I wanna see him, what he can do with extended playing time out there. Michael Clemens. We've seen the work he's been putting in in the weight room, getting all jacked up. I want to see him bringing that killer instinct. You know the the uh, the, the, the first round Will rookie, Will McDonald. Will McDonald, I say, yeah. like I, you know, jumping like over a, cars. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's like he's like you know what I call Gumby. Like he's just like that. He has that type of athleticism. Seeing him out there, Bryce Huff. You know, is another guy that I'm excited to see. So they have a ton of young guys that can get after the quarterback. And to me. I always say the game of football is very simple. You got to have a passer, you got to be able to protect the passer, and you got to be able to get after the passer. The Jets have have those guys. You got to be able to protect the passer. So let, let let's go to Great your segue.
0: Let's go to your offensive line. Yes. We know it's going to be the left guard, the Lankin Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to be the right guard, yep. a foundational piece another foundational piece and a young guy, and Elijah Vera Tucker. What do you see developing at center? Left tackle and right tackle. I don't know where you want to go first. You want to go center?
1: We can go center. You know, that's where I came in and started my career at the center spot. Obviously, we know that Connor McGovern came back. You know, signed a signed a one year deal, and he's a veteran guy. And then you got Joe Tippmann, the, the 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 rookie second rounder out of Wisconsin. They they know how to breed linemen there <laughs> at Wisconsin. And plus, I love his I love his hair, his mullet. But listen, I, I think that it's going to be a great battle. It's going to be a great battle in the middle. And obviously when you're playing the center spot and you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that's a big deal. When I came into the league, my rookie year, I had Drew Bledsoe. And I remember Pete Carroll wrapping his arm around me. It's like, hey, you see that guy wearing number 12 right there? That's a $100 million quarterback. Don't let him get hurt. And so as a rookie, I'm like terrified to death, but I understood the great responsibility that came with that. And I think – Having those two guys ballot out in center position, that's what competition brings out the best. And, you know, I'm excited to see what's, where that's going to go.
0: How unique is it that you're talking about a guy six foot six? And we're going to continue to hear about, hey, watch the pad level, but obviously, excelled at that mm-hmm. with the Wisconsin Badgers. Another thing you don't often hear about with an offensive lineman who's six foot six is that he's got really good feet and he's comfortable on the
1: move. Yeah, yeah. You know, just watching him and um, you know, watching him play at Wisconsin, he's very athletic. He gets out on the edge a lot, which you know they're going to be doing that. You know, in this scheme, because I know they're, they're going to run a lot of the outside zone stuff like that. So, having an athletic center um, is definitely an, an advantage. Obviously, he's unique in that he's six foot six. So, pad level is going to be something that he's going to have to continuously watch himself. But I'm sure coaching is going to hammer that home with him. And listen, he's going to be thrown to the fire. He's going to be thrown into the fire again. When you got a veteran, a first ballot Hall of Fame behind you, you got to come ready to go every single day in practice. Yeah, you got to be ready in practice, but you got to be ready with that playbook, Absolutely. right? Yeah, because <laughs> you got your hotel room, you better be on it. You, you got to be on it because you know it's just there's no. It's just there's not much room for error. Yeah. You know these guys, a lot of these veteran guys, they don't want to hear that you're a rookie. They didn't want to hear it from me. So I, you know, my advice to Joe Tipman is like, these guys, once you step on the field, man, you're not a rookie. You got to play like you're a veteran out there.
0: Yeah, and McCovern's gonna be hungry because he's a guy who's played more football on the offensive side of the ball than anybody of late. He, of course, re-signed, like you said, a couple days before the draft. And then the Jets took their top center on the board. Okay, left tackle. Dwayne Brown Mm -hmm. gutted it out last year, Mm -hmm. basically played the entire year with one arm. Yes. Robert Sala has made it clear that he's going to be tough to beat out. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you make of the tackle spot overall with, if Dwayne is the guy at left tackle, we saw Makai Becton transform his Mm -hmm. body in the Mm -hmm. offseason. huge summer ahead for him. Max Mitchell was drafted and they thought he was going to be a developmental player. He ends up starting a number of games for you last year before he had to enter reserve, but the Jets like him. Billy Turner, he's got familiarity in the scheme with the Packers, but he also played with Hackett last year in Denver, and Yanni Kajust was added to the mix as well.
1: So right off the bat, you're talking about more depth than they had last year. Mm. Uh, I think that's critical, especially – we saw what, what happened to the Jets' offensive line last year. Devastated with injuries. So being able to have more depth, uh, more talent in, in, at the position as, as a whole is great. Um, I'm a big fan of Dwayne Brown. I know people talk about his age. I believe he's 37, 38 years old. He's a freak. But he, but he's, he's in, Dwayne Brown is in phenomenal shape. He's always kept himself in phenomenal shape. And the fact that Dwayne Brown could have folded it in last year. He could have taken his money home and said, you know what? I'm going to get the surgery, and I'm just going to call it quits. But he didn't. Yeah. He went on the short-term IR, came back, and played pretty much the whole season. That's a credit to his toughness and just I think his, his love for the game of football. And I think that's why Robert Sala holds him in such high regard because not a lot of people would would do that. And so I think he's going to come back. He's going to be ready to go. Um, and as far as Makai Beckon's is concerned, listen, there's never been any denying the talent. The guy is uber talented. Obviously, we've seen his, his recommitment to, you know, transforming his body. Now, I think even for him, more, more so of, I think it's a it's a whole approach for him. His body, his, his mindset, everything. We know this is a big year for him. It's a contract year for him. So I always say, like, if you can't put it together this year, then I don't know what whenever, you know, what year you're gonna be able to do it. But I'm excited to see Makai come back in. You know, focus, ready, be ready, to compete. You know, be ready to compete. That's what the game of football is all about, competition. Brees Hall, the, the, the challenge ahead for him. He he was, a,
0: talk about a freak last year, averaging more than 97 yards from scrimmage, had a 100-yard yeah. rushing game, a 100-yard receiving game. He was well on his way. Sustains the ACL injury in week seven at Denver. He registered 22 miles per hour. GPS mm-hmm. in the spring jet says ahead of schedule can you talk about it from an athlete's perspective what not just the physical challenges ahead but maybe the mental challenges because for anybody you have to get over things right like hey i i feel like myself again and i feel comfortable the way breach describes it to a man is that hey bottom line is the straight line speeds fine for me. It's going to be about the cutting.
1: Yes, um, we know that Brees Hall is an elite athlete. I mean, he did that obviously in the you know pre-draft process. We saw it on the field last year before before he got hurt. He's just a just a tremendous athlete, um, and it wouldn't surprise me. If he comes back. And he's he's that type of guy. Um, but there is a mental aspect that he's going to have to overcome. Anyone can run straight line, but. Okay, when you have bodies that, that are flying around you, can you make the necessary cuts? Can he make the cuts that we saw him make last year where he was making people miss and doing all types of freakish things out there on the field? When we start seeing that, that's when the Jets going to really prosper <laughs> because we saw the impact that Brees Hall had on that offense pre and post his injury. It, it, was, it was shocking. And to be able – if you get a healthy Brees Hall back into the mix – in this offense, with A, that quarterback, Aaron, you know Aaron Rodgers, that's a scary. That's a scary fight, sight for opponents. I agree with that.
0: You know, it's going to be interesting to watch him during camp to see, okay, how many reps is he going to get? Where's he starting out at? What is he doing off to the side? But as far as the running back position as a whole, Devin Cook is a name. Jets fans continue to bring up. Mm-hmm. I tell people, don't forget about Michael Carter. And I really mean that because I thought he was sensational his rookie season. Yards after contact, his low balance. And Robert Sala said bottom line is he expects a bounce back season from him. Jets also drafted Israel Abanaconda, a great system fit, an explosive guy out of Pittsburgh, a local kid. What do you make of the running back position as a whole heading into camp?
1: Um, I agree. I think Michael Carter is going to have a bounce back here. I do. And I think part of what happened last year, obviously, with the injuries that happened across the offensive line, it affected those guys because they go hand in hand. And so I think as the offensive line, you know, if those guys are healthy and playing at the level that I think they're capable of playing at, you know, guys like Michael Carter and, you know, Bam Knight and Israel Balaconda, those guys are going to be the benefactor of that. Obviously, we know that Brees Hall is an elite, is an elite back. Um, But you you wanna make sure that you're not putting too much on him right out of the gate. Um, Because you, you know, you need, you need a horse like that, you know, you know towards the end of the season like when you're making that run you want to make sure your your top dogs your horses are ready to go you got to play the long game you got to play the long game and I think that's what people need to understand about you know Brees and and, and sometimes you got to save an athlete from himself too you know like i know Brees has probably been getting after it as far as his rehab is concerned and he's going to be itching the, the cameras going to be around and all those type of things but you also as a as as a i think as a training staff and coaches you got you got to say hey Let's not, you know, let's not get too out there right now. You're going to be here, but we, we're going to need you down the road as well. And sometimes you got you to say that to guys coming off injuries. What's next for Garrett Wilson and
0: Sauce Gardner? The offensive <laughs> rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. And
1: and- uh, the sky's the limit for both of those guys. First of all, man, I, I think the, the thing that jumps out about both of those guys, they love the game of football. They love the game of football. They love to compete. They are their football IQs are just through the roof, and uh, it just shows. It just shows when you when you're watching them and when you hear them and when you hear them talk. And so again, going from the, the type of years that they had in year one, I can only imagine what it's going to be in year two. Now that you you've had a year to to kind of see what how how people attack you, just to get the speed of the speed of the NFL, everything tends to slow down. And now all of those tremendous athletic traits start really start really coming out. So I, I'm expecting great things from both of those guys. And listen, Garrett Wilson, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, man, you can put up big numbers like Devontae Adams type stuff. That's that's what I'm looking forward. You know, with, am with I Garrett crazy?
0: Wilson. I I said the other day that I think 15. 15- Fifteen hundred was realistic. I think he had eleven
1: hundred yards receiving last year. He had eleven hundred yards receiving last year, and we know the struggles that that you know that this organization had at the quarterback position. And now you again you enter into the first battle Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. Fifteen hundred yards, I could definitely see that out of, out of Gary Wilson and. He's just a tremendous playmaker. I think they're going to utilize him even more so than w- what we saw from Garrett Wilson last year. one thing coming out of Ohio State, the one thing we talked about is his ability to 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 leap up and go get those 50-50 balls in in the the vertical passing game. That's something we didn't really see last year. I think we'll see more of it this year, you know, with Aaron Rodgers in the, in the mix and we know his run out the catch ability is elite. So I I'm just I'm excited to see Gary Wilson in this offense with this quarterback.
0: Yeah, I could talk to you for hours about the Jets and the NFL, but a couple quick ones. The rest of the wide receiver room, kind of under the radar a little bit as far Mm -hmm. as the transformation. You mentioned Lazard. Obviously, he's got that connection with Rodgers. Speaking of connections, let's talk about Randall Cobb, where he is at this point of his career. McCole Hardman comes over from Kansas City Chiefs. Guy brings a lot of juice to the table. Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis still on this roster, and I think people forget about him. What do you make of the pieces outside of Wilson?
1: I think there's a lot of guys that have things that they want to prove. I think that group is going to be hungry uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, take a guy like McCall Hartman. A lot of people, you know, try to pigeonhole him into being a gadget guy. I'm sure he's probably thinking to himself. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a receiver. Like I can go out here and do all these things that other receivers can do if given the opportunity. Well, guess what? He's gonna have an opportunity to do those type of things. Okay, guy like Corey Davis, Corey Davis was a you know a big ticket free agent here with the Jets. Now all of a sudden, you know, they bring in Allen. We see the ascension of of Garrett Wilson. You don't think he doesn't have pride and in, in the ego? He he doesn't want to show hey like. You know, I, I, I'm a big play guy. I can come out here and make big plays too. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of guys that, that are prideful and they're going to want to showcase their skill set in this offense.
0: This is the most talented Jets roster since when? And I'm talking to a man who was on that 2010 yeah, yeah. and that 2019 that advanced the AFC championship game. I
1: think this roster has potential to be better than ours. There's no question. I think – I think offensively, listen. We, you know, you know, we had, in my opinion, the best offensive line in the league. Those, you know, those couple of years. But man, if you take the sum of everything—backs, wide receivers, tight ends—all of that—they have an opportunity to to be better. They have an opportunity to be a lot more explosive than we were on offense. And defensively, you know, listen, we were number one in the league. This defense has a chance to be that as well. Um, So this is a very talented roster that Joe Douglas and and Coach Salah has assembled. Now it's just all about going out there and doing it. Can't talk about it. Now now we're at a time now where it's all about showing, not talking. Would
0: you agree with Salah's sentiments that, hey, everybody goes to camp each year and says we're going to compete for a Super Bowl, but realistically each year there's probably six to eight teams – that can be in that mix and he thinks he does have that team, but he did say bottom line is, Hey, listen, for us to be a championship team, to your point, we got to take care of, we haven't done anything. We have not done anything. We have not even had one practice route, but he did say this off season. So he's acknowledging what this team has before we start.
1: Yeah. Listen, everyone knows what the ex there's expectations. There are big time expectations here, uh, which is great. Um, but you, but it's all about the process. You know, you can't get there without going through the process, and the process is, is grimy, is is dirty. You know, it's bloody, it's sweaty. But you, man, the payoff is is tremendous if you can if you can get there. So, you know, <clears throat> my message to those guys, man, is just focus on the day to day minutia. Focus on you know, I know Robert Sala talks about be better, you know, 1% better at like the end. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, like, and that's true. Like every day you get up, make sure you're better, 1% better than than the day before. You gotta keep stacking those bricks on the pile. And if you can keep doing that, then ultimately you have an opportunity. Not saying that it's going to happen, right. happen but you give yourself the opportunity to be that type of team that you want to be. You're gonna be a Canton in a couple of weeks. Darrell Reeves. Darrell Reeves, you know, I play with a lot of really good players. Darrell Reeves is, in my opinion, the, the most talented player I've ever witnessed. Mm. He is, I mean, people talk about the the things he did in the game. It was the practices where I was blown away even more. Because the way he approached his craft, he was a pro's pro. Uh in the way he did that. And uh Man, it was a, it was an honor being his teammate. I got to witness a Hall of Fame career up close and personal. That's
0: awesome. I always have said that he was the best practice player I've ever seen. Yeah. Because when a guy made a catch on him, it was just mind-boggling because, like, that's Reeve out there. Right. I remember Quincy Inunua, his rookie year, he made a catch in training camp. I'm like, well, you might have something here. Yeah. Quincy he, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if
1: you, like, oh, you made a catch on Darrell? Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen often. Right. So when you do it, it's like, oh, okay. All right, maybe, let's see if you can, let's see what you can do after that. But, like, like again, Darrell was, he made it so, he put him, he, he stressed himself so much in practice, making sure that everything was right. So when he got to the game, the game was easy. It was practice where he challenged himself the most.
0: Is this summer and this season going to be fun for you? Talking about the Jets. Oh man,
1: like listen, man, I am. Um, you know, I tell everyone I have such an affinity for this organization. Everything that this organization has done for me and my family, and um, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the buzz for this team. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity that's presented, that's in front of this team, and I'm excited to watch the journey, um, to see what this team can do because I think this team can be one of those teams that that's going to be in it at the end um but you can't put the cart before the horse and I'm going to be out here just like all the other fans watching what these guys do day in and day out I'm excited about that
0: awesome seeing you Damian Woody and always look good and green brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> I
1: came correct man I came corrected with the outfit and uh I appreciate you having me on